Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And we welcome you to another episode of the Cannabis Health Radio Podcast. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. You'll recall a few weeks ago we interviewed Dana Smith about being an injured victim in a mass shooting in 2001 in which two people were killed and 17 injured. Her husband was with her that night and he joins us today to talk about that, but primarily to talk about a work-related accident that resulted in him having 14 back surgeries over the years. And joining us from Illinois is Sam Smith. Sam, good of you to do this. I realize you're busy, but we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Now, before we get into your work-related accident, I want to get your perspective on the 2001 shooting. Where were you when it all happened? Uh, We were actually... um my buddy and I were using the restroom facilities to, you know, wash up and get ready before we were actually leaving. Okay. And uh, when you heard the shooting, how did you respond? Uh, well, we actually heard shots, and then shots actually came through the urinal wall, you know, breaking up some of the urinals in front of us. Wow. Um, and at that point, there had already been people flooding into the bathroom. Um, it was it. what seemed like forever was a- absolutely, you know, seconds and minutes of time. Um, so, yeah, it was hearing the noises, seeing things shattered and breaking around you and not knowing exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. And then when you found out what it was... Uh, Tell us how you reacted to all this, specifically when when you found out that Dana was injured. Um, Well, I mean, heart pounding. I didn't even know she was injured after finally being allowed out of the bathroom. Because mind you, there's, you know, 75 people crammed into a tiny bathroom with people holding the door shut. So even though we wanted to get out to go find our significant others, it was impossible. They weren't allowing you to get through the crowds. Mm -hmm. Um. So when we finally did get out of there, um, it was just chaotic. They had tear gassed the whole building, so we couldn't breathe, um, couldn't see anything. Um, And I made my way to the area where we were sitting, where my wife was at the time, and she was no longer there. Um, So right away, the, the heart is pounding, beating, wondering, you know, where she could have been. None of our friends knew where she went. Um, None of the police officers I had asked had any information. So um, I was really just scouring the building, looking for her, crawling, you know, whatever we had to do. Um, And then they advised me to go outside to the triage area where they had people, um, injured people waiting to be taken away. And that's where an officer had grabbed me and said that she had been asking and brought me over to her. That must have been a hell of a shock. It was the, it, it, I, I mean, it's almost unexplainable. Um, the, the, the places your heart and mind go to, it's, it's just not, not a good spot. Sam, does it still bother you today, the shooting? Um, so when it first happened, I was more, I buried it because my wife needed me to be there. Mm-hmm. 
So I think now I maybe suffer a little bit more now than I did then. Now that you've kind of let that barrier down or that wall down and you're not focused on your wife. Well, right. Cause my, I mean, I love it. My wife is doing great now. She is leaps and bounds where we were then. Um, so I think it's just me and I, and I do, still don't want to let it come out because I don't want to bring her back to it. So it's still one of those things in me where it's buried down there a little bit, but little by little as we go on, um, you know, we've been writing things down and making little, um, maybe putting it together in a book someday. That So we've been taking notes and, you know, going over things in our head with each other, like trying to just work through it. So um, it's something that, you know, we think we would benefit from sharing it with more people that's why we've contemplated maybe putting it on a book i expect it's kind of an ongoing process kind of like peeling off layers of an onion and when you think you're down to the last bit then there's another layer yeah it's been uh, you know again i don't think it's something you truly ever get over you just kind of learn to live with it yeah okay sam let's move from the uh, the, the shooting and let's go to the issue where you injured your back at work. Tell us that story. So, um, yeah, I've done construction pretty much my whole life. My family's own, you know, uh, different construction companies. Um, so I actually had my first back surgery um, in high school. I got injured in a um, sports so I had my first back surgery before my junior year of high school and I'd already been prescribed at that time um, pain medicine, narcotics. Um, so years on, years go by and, you know, I'm living my life um, and got a job for a municipality and, you know, did, did good at the job. I liked it. I liked being outside, but along came with that were the, you know, back injuries, physical labor. Um, so over, a probably a five year period, I ran through about six, seven back surgeries, six fusions. Um, and over the time since I was 17, I've had, yeah, it's been, uh, I actually can't even count anymore how many I've had. So when you had your, your, uh, your first injury at, at 17 years old, you had surgery and they gave you narcotics. Did, were you continuing to take those narcotics? Not at 17, but I think that early exposure um, didn't do any help for me when I experienced them again as an adult. Was it just the, the physical labor was so hard on your back that uh, it kept requiring surgery? No, it actually... You know, it wasn't the physical labor. The first surgery at work was just from an odd injury um, out on a job. Um, I was doing a paving job, asphalt, and mm -hmm. the the way the stuff came out of the truck was the wrong way, and it bent me a way that a body shouldn't be bent. So I wound up getting injured, taken in, had a surgery. Um, and then several years after that, again, on a job, doing things, physical labor. Um, I, I had a really horrific one where it was back to back, like seven surgeries, like I said, in a couple year process where they were 
implementing um, steel rods and screws and then taking them out, you know, a month later to redo it into a bigger steel screws and rods. So um, that 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 injury kind of ended my uh, my physical career. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it was it was rough. It was um, 2012 to 2016 of just literally surgeries, back surgeries, shoulder surgeries, all from a single incident. So were you on a, a lot of painkillers at that stage in the game then for those? Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. More than I think any normal person should ever be on. What kind of things are you taking? Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, Oxycontins, then they would wean me off and to, you know, Percocets, um, Norcos. Um, but the, the one that got me the worst was the beginning of the Oxys. And then when I got put on a regular, um, prescription of Norcos, um, where it was nonstop, you know, you got them when you needed them, um, you signed a contract to be on this program, and it was just a, it was a, an endless cycle. And I think it wasn't until my own wife and family got me off it. It wasn't the help of any doctors or anyone like that. It was just seeing my life be passed up. When you, when you said of signing a contract, mind me asking, what was this contract? It's just a, a contract stating that, you know, these pills are for you, not for anyone else. While you're on these, we don't want you doing any other type of medications. Um, you know, they give you urine tests when you go in. Um, so it was it was them kind of keeping you on what they wanted you to take and make sure you weren't bearing it off is what I feel like. Okay, thank you. Sam, what was life like for you when you were on these drugs and all had all there, these surgeries? There wasn't a life. I stayed in my bedroom. I, Before all these surgeries, I was my son's football coach, wrestling coach. Um, and then once the pills started, you know, really coming in more frequently and I was on them regularly, I, I probably didn't go to a football game for a year or two, let alone help coach it. Did you ever think of suicide? Um, you know, I'd like to say no, but... There were times, yeah, you get pretty miserable. Um, but again, with a great family, you know, helping out and being there for me, it, it helped out a lot. But this is, this is again, where it all comes back to cannabis use. Um, my wife, again, is doing great off of it. And I had finally got to where I wanted to get better. So I, that's where I took a deep dive into the cannabis world and became what I am now. What did you start out with? What was your initial uh, usage that you did where you started thinking maybe this is the route to go? So I, I have, you know, I've grown up, I've tried it in high school and had experiences with it. Um, so I had had flour in the past where buddies were like, you know, try this. It may help with the pain. Because they all knew I was on a, quite a bit of pain pills. So um, I never thought that it would be able to relieve what I was going through um, until I started doing it regularly again and got a medical card to where I can actually curtail the feelings I had into products that I needed. Um, so, 
you know, first, again, I, I tell all, all people in the cannabis industry, it's you got to fix your mind before you can fix your body and everything else. So um, getting rid of that angst and anxiety and, you know, the, that, that all that ill will that's going on in your mind um, really then helped me to focus on my body and get my family back to where we were before all of it. And, and again, like I said, now I'm, I've lost 110 pounds. I work a full-time job that I absolutely love and enjoy. Uh, my family is on top of the world. We're doing great. Um, we've started, you know, Canacurious Consulting to bring people the joy and comfort that we get from this product. You know, Sam, listening to your story, uh, I recall when we interviewed Dana she said that uh, once you started taking cannabis, you smiled for the first time in four years. Yeah. And, you know, I can, a lot of people can attest to that. Um, my local cannabis dispensary that I was a, a patient at um, seen my transition firsthand and took my wife and I out to dinner one night and just were amazed at the the change that I had overall when I first started there, I was very quiet, didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, and to, then I opened up and was offered a job at that same dispensary and became the general manager of it for a couple of years before I've now moved on to being a buyer for six stores. And again, cannabis now besides my insulin, because I am a type one diabetic, is the only medication I take. Excellent. So what does a, t a typical day of usage look like for you, please? So again, um, I've been doing this for quite a while. So my tolerance is, is, you know, rather high, but I will take that against taking any of the um, narcotics that are being offered in the um, industry today. So I usually will typically get up. Um, I drop a couple tinctures, some CBD and some regular THC because the combination of the two is by far better than one than the other. Um, so I'll drop tinctures for that faster reaction time. And then I capsule up RSO or, you know, hash oil um, for my pain treatment throughout the day. It lasts me anywhere from four to six hours per dose. Um so that is throughout my day. And then when I can, when it's appropriate, I, I uh, partake in some um, flower use myself. So with those capsules you're taking during the day, what's the strength of those? Uh, Approximately. Would you really want to know, or is it something? I mean, I really do have only a high if you tolerance. only if you know off the top of your head. It's no, you know, I do, and most people don't believe it. But I'm around fifteen hundred milligrams a day. So if I'm taking it three to four times a day, my capsules are anywhere from three to four hundred in a capsule. Wow, and you're doing all this orally, obviously. Yes, yes, yeah. for sure. And, well, and yeah, it's also, you've, got, you've got a bit of a tolerance there. <laughs> no, that's that's what I said. So that's where, you know, being very knowledgeable in the cannabis industry, I'm able to make most of my products I need on my own. Um, I make all of my own edibles. I make um, pretty much everything I consume, I make on my own because I'm a type 1 diabetic. So I have to watch my sugar intake and different things like that. So um, that's where learning the cannabis plant 
um, what you can do with it, how you can bring it into your life in so many different variations is a, is a wonder to all of us. Sam, when you uh, started your cannabis, how long before you were free of your narcotics? Um, I would say it was probably between, I want to say three to four months, three to five months. Um, and that was really just because I wasn't getting the proper dosage in the beginning. Um, and again, I didn't want to overconsume rather than never wanting to go back. Cause most people, when you've gone overboard, you don't usually want to retry it. Um, so I took my time with it. I got to where I needed to go. And, um, by that fourth or fifth month, I had completely kicked, um, opioids completely. And I have not touched one since. And mind you, I have still had some surgeries on my own that I follow up and strictly use cannabis products for. No narcotics. You just use uh, cannabis. No, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't use any narcotics at, at all anymore. No muscle relaxers. Uh, no Tylenol. No Advil. Nothing. How do your doctors respond to this? They absolutely love it. Um, I've gone in and talked to a couple people that they have recommended cannabis to that were, you know, a little bit hesitant. A um, couple of the doctors I've seen have actually some of my business cards in their office because they feel that it's <laughs> definitely somewhere that um, our country needs to go to help our people out. 1,500 yeah. milligrams a day. I mean, that's uh, Corey and I are lightweights compared to you, aren't we, Corey? Most listen. Most people are. I had. A, um, I was at a convention in Vegas about a year ago, and brought this up with a guy that owned his own cultivation out there, and he wanted me to test it in front of him, and and we did, and he was absolutely astonished that that it is possible. I think we should put a warning in here: do not consume <laughs> fifteen hundred. Yes, please, please. I tell people home. all the Don't time. Don't try this. <laughs> but yeah so while you're putting that in there also you know that's what we do that's my um passion in life is to bring the right um absolute cannabis knowledge to people um if you haven't experienced the prices and you know dispensaries today around illinois it's we're the highest in the market um so yeah. to know that you can go in there and not be misled and spend you know hundreds and hundreds of dollars on products that are not meant or going to work for you is where I hope that I can help people out um, and bring them that. And again, also help in teaching, help in cooking, help educating. I, I want to be part of the whole cannabis product industry everywhere if, if I can. You know, guys, I spoke to a gentleman last night who's basically going through the same issues that you had. And he's about to go and have surgery. And uh, he just about got turned down for surgery because he's not an opiate taker. He won't take pills. Yes. And he, he at one point was told by a doctor right here in Victoria that he would not be eligible for surgery unless he signed a contract saying he would take their pills first. Oh, my yeah, God. that's just... That's not yeah. fair. It's just he not wants fair. To just, he just wants to use cannabis. So he eventually went to Vancouver and is now slated for surgery. But he was yeah. actually turned down because he wasn't doing the opium or the opiate uh, bandwagon. Yeah, and that's that's still where we're in that dilemma here in Illinois where 
you know, we're medical and recreational, but if our doctors don't follow suit, there's always going to be that disconnect. Um, so uh, that's, again, where I, I want to come in. I ho- I wish that doctors or, or offices would reach out to our company to, to give them a little bit of insight of what the, the cannabis plant can do for people. Um, it's no longer that, you know, their pro, um, drug anymore. It's something that people really need to open their eyes to. Um, so, Can of Curious is where it's at. We know the knowledge. We, we want the education. We want to teach it. We want to promote it. Um, we want to make it a part of every person's life. So, like I say, I tell everybody, it's, it's, it's a journey into a happier and healthier life. It is. I'm wondering if uh, you take off your shirt in the summer. What does your back look like? Oh, you wouldn't want to see it. My kids make fun of me. Um, this may be a little inappropriate, but they say that my butt goes uh, about halfway up my back. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm is, trying to visualize that. <laughs> so after my first surgery as a youngster, I covered it up with a incredible Hulk tattoo. So mind you, Dozens of surgeries later, the Hulk has been broken and put back together so many times now that it looks like a big green cloud on my back. <laughs> Poor Hulk. Yeah. Poor Hulk, yes. You know, I'm- so yeah, guys, there's there's all kinds of ways people in, in Illinois need to learn about the cannabis product. As far as, you know, growing it at home, making your own products, your own lotions, um, there's forms to use this product that have no psychoactive effects so that you can still get along on a daily basis, do your chores, accomplish your work goals, and still feel accomplished and, and healthy at the end of the day. Sam, you said, uh, you, you said earlier that you lost 100 pounds. I'm assuming that you gained that weight because of the opioids you were on. Yeah, just sitting around miserable, eating my emotions. Um, yeah, I got back... Um, there's certain products in cannabis um, cannabinoids that also help curtail appetite and give you energy and momentum and, you know, euphoric feeling so that you're not so down and can get out and do those daily things to keep you healthy. Mm-hmm. You said something uh, earlier as well that uh, you've got to fix your mind before you can fix your body. Uh, elaborate on that. Yeah, so if, you know, you get that anyone that wants to lose weight, but has, you know, they want to take the diet pill, but don't want to fix why they're eating or, you know, what is pushing them into that state of mind. So that's where I feel cannabis comes in. You, you, you find uh, that fit emotionally, and then you can fix it physically. You know, you get happy in your head. You're not uh, depressed. You're not anxious. Um, you wake up with a smile on your face. You're not fighting sleep. So cannabis w- will fix all those things. And then again, in turn, comes the other side, the physical side, you know, getting out, enjoying your life, enjoying walking and not so being miserable in your head all the time. Yeah. And, and if you have 1500 milligrams a day, uh, be careful. I, I, yeah, I, you're not, you're I, not probably going to have a good day. No, I, uh, Got some oil um, that Corey gave me, and uh, I took, uh, I guess, a gra- there's a thousand milligrams in a gram, right, you took Corey? RSO, yep. yep. So you probably took a grain of rice size. Well, I took uh, 500 milligrams. 
Oh. And uh, I'm a lightweight. I was high for two days. Yeah, that is. So that's what RSO is pretty much the product in Illinois that saved my life. Um, RSO is, uh, it stands for Rick Simpson oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the gentleman that created the product. Um, it is our one of the most versatile cannabis products in the medical market by far. Um, that is something that you can use topically. You can use it for edibles. You can use it to smoke. Um, it is a wonderful, wonderful product. Sam, what were the what was the reaction of your kids when they found out that their parents were on cannabis? So my my kids first found out about me um, before my wife. Uh, my wife kind of kept it to her side, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that that's all fine. But once once they found me smiling and back part of the family. They're they're ecstatic about it. Uh, my my kids are my my son helped me build my website for my can of curious. Um, my daughter has written papers about cannabis and how it helped and cured her father and mother. So my kids are about as educated as you will ever find a kid in cannabis. No, that's great. And I think that only serves our us as parents better because they know and respect the plant rather than going into it only being told that it's bad for you. Uh, it's bad for you in certain circumstances. Um, there are actually kids that have their medical cards that are, are underage that are un, unbelievably benefiting from the different things that cannabis can do for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sam, do you have any no, other... I am, not, I am not advocating for our youngsters to go out and, you know, smoke cannabis, but... If you're having issues and your family wants to take you to that that part of the um, cannabis world, by all means, get the right information. Um, it's always a benefit when you've got the right information and you can go from there. Yeah. Sam, it's wonderful to uh, chat with you, and uh, you've made a remarkable recovery considering you've had uh, 14 back surgeries. My God. Some yeah. people some people struggle with one, but you've had fourteen. You've yeah, I'm actually thirty one surgeries under anesthesia. You've had thirty one? Thirty one surgeries, sir. Yep. My God, you're uh I'm surprised you're even talking to us. <laughs> talking and I like I said, I work sixty to seventy hours a week. Uh I purchase for six of our largest dispensaries in the Illinois market. Um, mm-hmm. I'm back enjoying life again as as much as I can be. That's wonderful to hear. Sam, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, say hi to Dana for us, and we wish you both the very best in the future. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, one more time out there, Canicurious Consulting, guys, get some great information and the right education before you go into a dispensary. And we'd like to remind our listeners that if you have a story about the medical use of cannabis and would like to share that story with us, then uh, connect with us at CannabisHealthRadio.com and uh, we'll just see what happens. Your story can actually change a life, save a life. You never know what happens in this business. And if you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. As I mention each podcast, you can become a monthly supporter for as little as $5 a month on our Patreon page 
And you can also make a one-time donation through our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. And we're very, very grateful for your support. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with the next podcast on Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.